Hello and welcome to Local Matters. I'm your host, Buddy Pearson, and on this podcast, Education Matters. Well, my guest today is Sarah Beth Bayless, a teacher at Capshaw Elementary, and she used to be known as Sarah Beth Shelton, yes. now Bayless, still a honeymooner. Congratulations. <laughs> yes, thank you so much. And welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. So, you're teaching at Capshaw. Yes. Now, you were a Capshaw kid, right? I was. Yeah. How and cool I, is it to be able to go back and teach it there? It is awesome. I actually did my student teaching there as well, okay. and it just it feels like home. It really does. Yeah. So I'm, I'm thankful that I get to teach there. Now, what grade are you teaching? I'm teaching third grade. Oh, wow. Hard yeah, grade. That third, that third grade, uh, yeah. It's the doozy. You got to do the quotation marks, third grade. Yeah. It's the doozy. It's it's a good grade, but it, it is it has its difficulties, especially with the new law that's been in place. Right. Um, state law for third grade retention, and that's really kind of just it's it's made our job a little bit harder. Honestly, um, the pressure that was there before is now ten times more right. um, than what it was, and so. But it, it is a great grade. Yeah. Now, are, how long have you been teaching third grade? So I have been teaching third grade for ten years. This is my tenth year. So you stayed in the same I grade the whole time. Stayed oh, in wow. the same grade. I actually, when I was first hired, I was hired in 2014 at All Good Elementary. Okay. Um, Capshaw was a school at that time that didn't have very uh, many openings, and so I knew I eventually wanted to be there. But at the same time, I was fresh out of college and needed a job, <laughs> and I was thankful that uh, Miss Jill Ramsey hired me at All Good right. um, for a year, and then and then I did get to transfer back to Capshaw. Um, but I've been in third grade for, for all the 10 years. <laughs> wow. And and now to see what third grade is, uh, kind of take us through that because, you know, you were teaching third grade for uh, eight years mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden legislature patch, passes that retention law and you're like, oh, wow, I'm a third grade teacher. So this is right. going to be, yeah. So what right. was that like? There's always been kind of a, a, a heavy part of third grade. You know, it's the first time that they are really introduced to science and social studies at the same time okay. as reading and math. Um, and then at Capshaw, they have two different teachers that teach that. So I teach English language arts, which is the reading and science. And then they switch classes and okay. have a science or a, excuse me, a math and social studies teacher. Okay. So it's the first time that they're having to switch classes. Right. It's the first time really that they have the responsibility of four subjects instead of two subjects. Um, but I will say, you know, five, six years ago, there wasn't pressure like there is now. Yeah. Um, and, and so the third grade retention law really has, and, and my team and I just got finished with 46, 44 to 46 meet, meetings with each um, grades, or with, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> uh, my team and I just got finished with uh, 46 after school meetings with parents, just discussing. Um, the third grade retention law and yeah. the options that they have if their student doesn't score, you know, what they need to score. And that alone has been a huge, a huge thing for third grade teachers in general. Just the Now, do people realize you are actually meeting with all third grade parents no. in the time that that takes? Because you're in the classroom, you know, eight, three o'clock. Mm-hmm. And so obviously these are going to have to take place outside after of school. after school. And how do those how are those meetings going? I mean, you know, are some receptive? Do some not understand? I mean, what do you like? What's the message that you tell them? Yeah, I mean, most of them are are fully aware of the situation, and most of them are very welcoming, and and they they know that we're on their team as well. You know, yeah. we're not the bad people; we're just the messengers. Right. Um. And so, a lot of them have been very very kind and very nice. We just want to inform them that there are options to get to fourth grade. Sure. 
you know, this law is not just something that, you know, they don't pass. That's it. Yeah. Um, and so that's what we really want to to come across when we're meeting with all these students that, you know, there's multiple ways that we're going to get to fourth grade mm-hmm. um, because one test doesn't determine their child's ability in right. third grade. And that's really what we're looking at is that one test and that one specific time. Right. Um, which is unfortunate as well. Sure. Um, but last year at Capshaw, uh, it all all third graders moved on. So there were different options that we had, and, right. and all of them did. So it's it. I want that to be known too that it's not some scary. You know, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get through it right. as a team. Um, but do the parents uh, do they feel that the the pressure? Do they feel the urgency? Do you think uh, because. You, I know you want to tell them, look, this is important, but mm-hmm. we still we care about your kids and we want them to have the best education. But this is a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. I do feel like third grade is a huge jump from second grade. I yeah. did my student teaching in second grade, so I have a little bit of background knowledge about second grade, but it's a big jump. The curriculum is a lot harder. Okay. We go at a faster pace in third grade. Um and so I do think that, you know, it's a it's a shock when they first come to third grade and then they kind of get the get the feel of it. Um, but I do think most parents are fully aware of the challenge and, and are coming to the table ready to help their child. Yeah. We're talking with Sarah Beth Shelton, who is a third grade teacher at Capshaw Elementary. And, and we're talking about this crucial third grade. And I know one of my questions or one of some of the challenges of teaching that grade. Well, we've already talked about a big one. There's the third grade retention law. There is the fact that they're now changing classes uh, that they haven't done before. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other challenges do you think they face as third graders so that maybe they didn't in first or second grade? Yeah, and different schools do do different things. So Capshaw, I know, is that they change classes. Other places they may not. Like Prescott, I know they don't. Um, But I do think another big challenge is it's – they learn multiplication. Okay. They're learning cursive. Yeah. Um, and then we go at a super speed in third grade. There's a lot of curriculum to cover in a short time. Okay. Um, which I think is a huge, huge issue too. Now, when you say uh, at, a, at a quicker speed, so walk me through that a little bit. Um, like you might spend a certain amount of time on how to do a certain multiplication that maybe before, I mean, I don't know what to compare to. What do you compare that yeah. to? Yeah. I mean, I, I think. Third grade has a lot of different standards that have to be met okay. in order to um, get the children ready for that <laughs> test. That doesn't happen at the very end of the year; it happens in the middle of March, you right. know, or April. Um, and so that's that's a that's a concern too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we just we we work our tails off all day long in third grade. <laughs> the little hard. babies, yes. they do they and they rise to it to the challenge. Yeah. I mean, you will see. That's one thing I love about third grade is. Um, when they come to you, they're they're second grade babies. But when they leave you, they have grown leaps and bounds, yeah. um, mentally and physically. They're they're bigger, they're taller. But I mean, you really see a huge growth in third grade, right? Which is amazing. And you've been teaching it for ten years now. Mm-hmm. So, what is it you love the most about teaching third grade? I love that there's always a challenge. Yeah. Um, third grade's challenging for the students and the teachers. Yeah. Um, and I love that there's always a challenge, but the light bulb moments are what really um, make my job perfect. <laughs> um, because you'll go over different standards and different things multiple times throughout the year. And when they don't get it that first time, but then you see that light bulb moment that second time, it's just so rewarding. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about teaching uh, language arts, English mm-hmm. language arts, and science. Mm-hmm. 
What kind of science are you teaching third graders? I love science. I, we teach uh, astronomy. Oh, okay. We teach matter. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love science. And I, I always do a restorative circle at the beginning of my class. Um, and it's just to kind of get a feel, get their day started. And uh, recently one of my questions was um, – what is your favorite subject? Yeah. 99.9% of the kids in my class love science. Really? Yeah, and yeah. that's amazing. And a lot of our CKLA, which is our English language arts. See, there you go with the acronyms. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> CKLA stands for Core uh, Knowledge Language Arts. It's Thank our you. reading program. Thank you. Um, and it really incorporates a lot of science. Yeah. So um, we're getting a lot of science as we're getting reading, too, which is wonderful. Okay. And then from a, a language arts perspective, what are, what is kind of the, the curriculum there? So language arts, we do the core knowledge, language arts, and it's a buildable program, the science of reading program. And um, it really, like even today, I had six visitors that came into my classroom to watch. And um, I was it was the first lesson of the unit. And it was talking about Roman civilization ancient Roman civilization and my kids had pictures around the wall that they had to go to mm-hmm. and um, the background knowledge that they had because they had learned it in first grade was amazing okay. they knew what the Colosseum was yeah um, they knew different artifacts and that was just really cool to see it builds on each other sure um, so what they're learning in kindergarten eventually will come back in third grade or fifth grade or or on um, but I have I actually um, started CKLA. I piloted it for the county um, probably eight years ago, um, and then we adopted the curriculum. And so I, I really do enjoy uh, enjoy it. Yeah, and awesome. you, you talk about building, uh, and yeah, I mean it kind of goes without saying. You, you expect you know from first grade to be improvement to second grade, third grade, fourth grade. Do you have your fourth grade teachers at Capshaw come back and say, oh, I'm so glad you did this in third grade because it makes our life so much easier. Uh, And then you go to second grade and say, oh, I'm so glad you did this in second grade because the third grade makes it so much easier. Absolutely. Yeah. It's really education in general is really a building building block between, you know, kindergarten and first and second and on up Um, because I wouldn't be able to teach them what I'm teaching them if they didn't have that background knowledge from kindergarten through second. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really it's great. And do you do the teachers collaborate? I mean, I'm sure you do uh, get together and kind of talk about these things. And I'm sure you talk about students' progress from one grade to the next. Oh, absolutely. And and we as a third grade group really collaborate between each other. There's mm-hmm. another ELA teacher, um, English language arts teacher that teaches <laughs> um, with me, and so we're constantly collaborating. But we do have those vertical aligned collaborations where we get with the the grade that's below us and the grade that's above us and really just hash out well did you teach this and how did you teach it how did you word it so that we may can use the same words and it kind of flow a little bit better okay well that sounds good Mm -hmm. well we're talking with sarah beth shelton who is a teacher at capshaw elementary i'm buddy pearson and this is local matters What's so important about shopping with locally owned businesses? When you shop local, your hard-earned dollars stay here in the community, helping to benefit your friends and neighbors, local schools, roads, and all aspects of community life. But what happens to my money if I spend it online or at a national chain store? In most cases, the profits go far away, out of state, corporate headquarters, or even overseas. It doesn't take any extra effort to shop local. Office Mart on South Jefferson and Cookville is your 
your locally owned office furniture and supply store. For over 35 years, they've been proud to serve businesses in the Upper Cumberland with quality and value. You get real customer service, too. And unlike shopping online, you can actually see and try out the large inventory of office furniture in their showroom. And when it's delivered, it's not a box on your step. They're glad to install and set up everything. Office Mart. There's no other locally owned office store in the region. South Jefferson Avenue across from Hardee's. Shop local at Office Mart. This is Local Matters with the folks on education. I'm Buddy Pearson. I'm talking to Sarah Beth Bayless, a teacher at Capshaw Elementary. It used to be Sarah Beth Shelton. And I'm sure your students probably, you got married in July. Yes. Still a honeymooner. And, yes. But but do your students have a, you know, have a hard time remembering or, you know, saying Bayless? Absolutely. I'm, I I'm answered only known either. you for 20-something years and it's <laughs> like, okay, Shelton, Bayless, Bayless, Shelton. I know. Bayless, it's hard. It's hard. I'll answer to either. <laughs> That's what I always tell them, too. Now, a 10-year teacher at Capshaw Elementary, what do you enjoy about your work every day? Every day when you get up, uh, is it a, oh, I get to go teach today, or is it, oh, I'm going to go teach those kids again today? No, it's a love. <laughs> I, I do. I love, and I love my students. That's really the thing that brings me back every single um, day is my students and the love that I have for them. And then my coworkers. I teach with some really awesome um, teachers um, that love their job, and yeah. that makes it that makes it good, too. Well, you guys spend a lot of time together. I mean, teachers do. really do, you know, you think about it. Um, and then we were talking about the stuff that goes on after school is out. So walk us through a typical day from the time you get to Capshaw. Uh, let's, let's just go through your entire day. Okay. So when I first come to Capshaw in the mornings, I walk in and walk into my classroom and I'm usually, um, they are around the same time as Miss Allison Dudney and we walk in together or talk to each other as we get, get started. And I lay all my plans out and I lay all my papers out and what I'm going to do and get a game plan. And then we always, um, every morning greet our students. We think that's really, really important. Yeah. Um, Dr. Diana Wood really instilled that in us. She was mm-hmm. like, you need to be there greeting them. They're the first you know, face you see when you walk in. So we always stand and smile. And then our day gets started pretty quickly. Um, we do a restorative circle, which is um, just a, a time where we as a class get together and I have a different question every day. Um, for the students to answer. And it's anything from a social emotional question to what's your favorite kind of milk. It can be anything. Okay. Um, and that really bonds us as a class. Yeah. Um, and then we switch classes. So my class goes to Miss Hale, and Miss Hale's class comes to me. And then I get started with my reading, language, arts, and science instruction. Um, and then we'll switch back and go to Encore. And um, or our specials for the day. And then um, we'll have a future ready time, mm-hmm. which is a time where each kid gets their own specific skill needed. So if they're struggling in ELA, they'll go to a class that is working on a specific skill or struggling in math. Um, and then I have my homeroom class. What, what about the kids who, who, who aren't struggling? So we have an enrichment class that they go to, or we have an on-grade level class that they okay. go to. So everybody is getting what they need, Gotcha. Um, which is great. Um, that's when our RTI is being pulled or RTI. Uh, uh, response to intervention, <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, that's when all the kids are going to different classes. Right. So nobody's in the same class, and then that's a whole grade level. Um, and then we switch back, um, and I have my homeroom class, mm-hmm. and we go to lunch before that, too. <laughs> have to eat. So now, do you eat in the cafeteria? 
I do not. Okay. I, I didn't. You, you bring your lunch? I bring my lunch. Okay. Yeah. Even as a kid, I was really picky and yeah. didn't eat in the cafeteria. Savannah was the same. My daughter was the same way. She yeah. never, yeah. It, we had to, it was always lunch in a Vera Bradley lunchbox. Yes. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I used to have one of those. Yeah. <laughs> Loved that. Um, and then I do my ELA in science instruction again for the second time with my homeroom class. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go out for recess. Okay. So, so that's recess, a day in third grade. Recess is the last thing. Recess is the last thing. And I'm sure they're not excited about that oh, at no. all. No, not yeah. at all. <laughs> they are beating down the door. Because they go know out. when recess comes, man, all, <laughs> yeah. the, all the stuff sitting around is over that's and we get to right. go out and play. That's right. The work is done. <laughs> Playtime it is. <laughs> so is there anything that they that they can do at recess? I mean, is there any structured activities or anything? Or is that like your time to also decompress? Yeah, kind of. Um, we're, we don't sit with each other. The teachers don't sit. We spread it, spread out, um, but uh, they play anything and everything. Yeah. There is football that's being played, baseball. They bring their own uh, wiffle ball yeah. and play it. Awesome. And there's a gaga ball pit that they play. That's awesome, so, too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they, they have fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, you say that, you know, your, your students obviously is your favorite part of teaching. So is there anything that you enjoy seeing them do maybe outside of class or something like that? Because I know you know what's going on inside class, but like outside activities, something that goes on after school, is there anything like that that you love to see them, in, you know, get yes. involved in? I am actually the teacher sponsor for FCA, which is Fellowship of Christian Athletes at Capshaw. Yeah. And it is just the, I think there's only three elementary schools in the county that have FCA. Really? And it meets before school. Okay. Um, 715 to 745. And I have seen, I, I just love when they come. Yeah. Um. We sing songs and play games, and we always have a guest speaker that comes and talks about Jesus, and um, and, and it is just a fabulous time. Um, we've had upwards of 150 students come, really? which is amazing. Um, it's really grown. I started it probably eight years ago, okay. seven years ago, um, and it really has taken off at Capshaw. Uh, my best friend, Kelly Cook Phillips, is actually a counselor at All Good, and yes. she started it at All Good. Right. Um, and that was the first year that I was there. And so that's how I kind of got the idea and, and took it and, and ran with it at Capshaw. And it's really been a blessing. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've been around sports all your life, too. I have, yes. Yeah. yeah so it's, it's a natural thing, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I uh, I love sports. So it, it has been. And we, we get to have different speakers. So Coach Allison Clark with the Tech Basketball. Oh, my gosh, Always. Yeah comes and I love her and then we have different youth pastors and kids pastors that come and just share and it's really a great time for the students and for the teachers that come too well that's awesome yeah yeah well we've talked about some of the good stuff yes now I know uh, that you know teaching is not a perfect profession that there are struggles uh, that there are things that you have to deal with that we see teachers uh, get burned out they just they want to get out of the profession what is it that um that that stresses you out? What were the pressures that come for you? I think the end of the year testing is a big pressure. Yeah. Um, but then I also think we we as teachers wear many different hats. Right. Um, we're not just the teacher. We're the counselor oftentimes. We're the nurse oftentimes. Yeah. And the mom that they see, you know, the majority of the time during the day. Um, and so I think just those different hats cause some stress too. You want to be on all the time for your students. Um, and sometimes we as humans aren't. We yeah. just can't be on all the time. Um, and so that's that's hard. Um, as far as burnout, I always 
look at as as a positive. Um, I get to teach. Yeah. I'm able to teach. And I feel like I'm decent at my job because the kids respond well to me. And right. and so that's how I, I turn the burnout and this pressure around to I get to do this. Sure. This is my job You don't every have day. to. You right. get to. Right. I get yeah. to. That's a great mindset. Um, yeah. And so that's really helped me, too. Um, as far as pressure and burnout, though, there's a lot on our plates with testing and with all the papers that you grade right. and, and just everything. But taking it one day at a time really helps. You know, it'll be there tomorrow yeah. when you go. Um, and I can see, you know, how many students do you have in your class? I have 23 each, so 46 total. So 46 total students. Mm-hmm. And knowing the person that you are, you're taking a vested interest in each one. Mm-hmm. And if one of them's having a bad day, then let's say ten of them are having a bad day, mm-hmm. or, or that you know five or six are struggling through some things. I mean, then that can weigh heavily on you. Right. And, and it's not just one person. It's you know you have two classes full of you know little people that mm-hmm. you know have feelings and emotions and mm-hmm. you know struggle through things, and you want to see them do well. I can just imagine, you know, I mean, that would stress me out. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, <laughs> just having, you know, a couple of kids and mm-hmm. not, not, you know, not 46 that you really love and, and want to see do well, that, yeah, I can see how that could wear on you. Right. And, I mean, kids are going through a lot now, yeah, even in third grade. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of stress, and yeah. and, and they carry that to school, you yes. know, too. And, and so and I, you hate it um, to see kids stressed and, and anxious about tests or about um, just the day-to-day. Um, but that's your outlet for them, too. Right. Um, you're there to make a difference and, and be the bright spot in their day. And they're growing because I've got a, a third-grade grandson mm-hmm. who, in the last six months, this kid has sprouted, mm-hmm. gotten bigger, and you're dealing with physical change as absolutely. well. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Very much so. Yeah. yeah. But you deal with it. Yeah, you do. And that's your job. Yeah. You deal with it. And, and <laughs> at Capshaw, I'm really blessed because we have a great support system. Our admin is great. Our counselor and specials teachers, they're great. And so if there are problems that I don't necessarily know how to fix, I know who to point them to in the direction to go. Awesome. I'm Buddy Pearson. You're listening to Local Matters with my guest, Sarah Beth Bayless. This is Local Matters with a focus on education. I'm Buddy Pearson. I'm talking to Sarah Beth Bayless, a teacher at Capshaw Elementary. And Sarah Beth, you've been teaching at Capshaw for 10 years. How did you get interested in teaching or or what made you want to become a teacher? I I had a great um, education at Capshaw as a student. Um, My elementary teacher, uh, elementary kindergarten teacher, Miss Jean Webb, was wonderful Mm -hmm. in um, starting that spark of learning for me. And then my grandma, uh, Dr. Linda Nash, has been a teacher and now is in a supporting role at the central office. And and she really um, pushed me into education as well. Um, It's always something that I have wanted to do. I can remember when I was younger, I have a um, younger brother, and he didn't have a choice on what we played. We always yeah. played school. I mean, he was my student, and I was Absolutely. the teacher. Absolutely, you're the older sister. That's right. And you laid down the law. That's this right. is what we're doing. This is what we're playing. Yeah. Um, and so I can just remember, <laughs> even when I was six or seven, being the teacher. Yeah. Um, and it's it's literally always been what I've wanted to do. Well, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, once you uh, where'd you go to school? Tennessee Tech. Tennessee Tech. Yes. All right. And just well, recently got my master's. Okay. Awesome. In library science. So eventually, I'll hopefully well, be. Well, I knew y'all were always big UT fans. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I wasn't sure. If you went to Tennessee Tech, mm-hmm. University of Tennessee. Yeah. So Tennessee, Tennessee Tech. Tech. All right. Golden love, Eagle. love, love the balls, but yeah. Tennessee hey, Tech. Golden Eagle alum. alum. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so take me back to you got your first job at Capshaw. You're 
an aspiring young teacher. It's your mm-hmm. first fall, and what was going on? Oh, goodness. I was drowning, I feel like, <laughs> as any new teacher would. Um, I had a really great support system as um, teachers. Dolores Fowler and Allison Dudney and Lisa Rand all really rallied around me mm-hmm. and helped me um, become the teacher that I am today. Um, but you really don't know what you don't know. Yeah. And then when you're that first year teacher, you literally are trying to survive with a new curriculum, you know, managing behaviors, doing all the things. And to have a really strong team behind you supporting you is yeah. everything. Yeah. And, and I was lucky to have that. And we'll come back to managing behavior in a little bit because I, I want to hear about that. But <laughs> but uh, tell me, who uh, was there someone that really helped you adjust to this career? I mean, if you could think about one particular person. Miss Dolores Fowler, for sure. She was my ELA partner. Um, She was my partner teacher that taught English language arts with me. And she really guided me the first year, first two or three years, honestly, at Capshaw. Um, We always did plans together. And so I would have a rough draft of her plans always. Um, And she's now moved into a a, a supervisor role as well as as an ELA coach. But she really is who I kind of give my thanks to when I'm talking about my first couple of years because... I call her Mama Dolores. She really was, <laughs> I, she took me under her wing, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so important when you're a first year teacher, or even a second or third year teacher, to have that support system to right. bounce ideas off of or just how to handle a, a certain child or a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really important to have that, that background help. Now that you're a veteran teacher at Capshaw, are you doing the same thing for the new teachers? I have had a couple of new teachers that have been my partners and I have loved um, helping them and just showing them the ropes. And it it is, it's great to be on the other side as well. Yeah, I I would say it would be. Well, um, tell us about your most exciting, maybe memorable lesson plan that, that you have done or that you do throughout the years? Is there one week or one day that you really look forward to? It's like, oh, the kids are going to love this. Yeah. We do a unit um, in Core Knowledge that's called the Viking Unit, and right. it really reminds me of VBS because <laughs> um, they have these little cards that they go and hunt for around the room, um, and it is really just an absolute blast for the kids and for the teachers. We have this interactive um, sheet on the the screen that is just doing an amazing job of acting out um, with characters, and then they're hunting for different resources. It's really, really fun. Yeah, I'm sure the kids like to respond to that, they too. They do. Yeah. We row boats <laughs> like, we're, like we're a Viking. It's really fun. Uh, well, uh, what's one of the most important skills that, that you've learned as a teacher? Because, you know, you think about, you know you're going to stand up there, you know you're going to be an, an instructor of sorts, and you're going to do these things, but, but from a life skill, uh, what's something that you've learned as you have continued teaching? I think honestly, just being like easygoing, like not being up there and being strict and being um, like head honcho in charge, I guess, like letting them know it's okay to mess up because in life we mess up um, a lot. (laughs) Um, And I can remember the pressure of being in elementary school and not wanting to mess up. It may be my perfectionist personality. Right. But being just letting them know it's okay. Yeah. You're going to mess up, and mis- mistakes are proof that you're trying. Right. Um, that's really the biggest the biggest takeaway that I have. I think. 
Just letting them know it's okay. You're going to mess up. You're not going to make a 100. If you made a 100 on every single thing, then I wouldn't be doing my job and teaching you how I'm supposed to be teaching you. You know, you're going to mess up. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Speaking of messing up, <laughs> has there ever been a lesson plan that you were just psyched about? You just knew the kids were going to grasp and it just like was a total dud. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And I'm thankful, kind of, that I get a second class to do it over yeah, with, too, yeah. because I'm like, oh, I messed up here. I know I can change this around um so it is having it's good having that second second class to bounce things off of too but i i retaught a lot the first couple really? of years yeah. oh yeah any, any examples i mean anything that comes to mind not really anything uh, that comes to okay. mind we know everybody messes up it's all good uh, so uh what would be your teaching style i mean you you just said that kind of being more relaxed is certainly uh one thing that you mm-hmm. look at I would say I'm much, I'm I'm more relaxed, but I'm very strict at the same time. Like everybody is sitting in their seat and they're all facing forward and they're all, you know, I expect them to have a pencil in their hand when they're ready. But I think my personality is much more relaxed. Um, And I think that's just how I learned. You know, I learned hardcore, you write with a pencil and you're looking up at your teacher and you're not talking, you know, but a lot of times our curriculum allows for that talking too. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I really have, I feel like a balanced, you know, a balanced personality with my teaching, I guess is a way to say it. Yeah, that works. Um, Yeah, Yeah, that (laughs) sounds good. Uh, So if you have a, a new teacher come in, I'm sure there's some first year teachers at Capshaw Uh, If you were going to tell them, okay, this is kind of the model you need to follow to be an excellent teacher, what would that look like? Oh, gosh, that's hard. (laughs) Grace, giving grace. grace. I mean, giving Ah, grace is a huge thing, especially third and fourth grade. You know, they're they're old enough to mess up and mess up kind of big, you know, Um, and just giving grace and and being their cheerleader, Mm -hmm. really. I mean, you're there to support them. You're there to teach them first and foremost. Right. Um, but supporting them and, and encouraging them and just being the person that, that is in their corner cheering for them. Yeah. Speaking of messing up, kids mess up. Yes, they do. But they can also uh, uh, <laughs> they can also uh, have some behavioral issues. Yes. And so how has, first of all, how do you handle the behavior problem children? Luckily, in my 10 years, I have not had a whole many, a whole lot, excuse me, a whole <laughs> lot of behavior issues. Um, there are occasionally those those kids that are that are a challenge, a challenge I would say, yes. a challenge. Um, I first try positive reinforcement. That's okay. always my go-to. Yeah, yeah. Um, if they're doing something right, praise them, which I know, you know, as we become adults, you know, if I'm going the speed limit, the officer doesn't pull me over and say, hey, good job, you were going the speed limit, you yeah. know. Um, but uh, they're little. They're eight and nine. So you have to give a little bit of positive enforcement, positive reinforcement. Um, but then after that, we do have consequences because yeah. our actions do have consequences. And yes, in the real do. world, you know, that's something that we have to teach as teachers also. Right. Um, and so they may have a little bit of a timeout or something like that. But I, I really have been blessed. I haven't had a whole lot of behavior issues. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah, it is. It is really good. And it, maybe it's because I'm so easygoing and laid back. <laughs> I don't know. But I really I haven't had a whole lot of problems. Do you, do you see more now than you did when you first started teaching? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think kids uh, react um, to things that are going home at going on at home too, um, and you get that 
that issue that's right. brought up. I think that's something that happens a lot more recently now. Um, and then kids are kids. They struggle with playing on the playground together and working in pairs. And that's always, you're teaching them how to work together. Absolutely. Um, and that's always a struggle. Sometimes, you know, I mean, we as humans are kind of uh, self-centered sometimes, right. you know, yeah. we want our way. And um, that that is hard to teach as, as a elementary student or yeah. elementary teacher. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Working together. <laughs> well, if you could look five years down the road, do you think education, do you think third grade at Capshaw is going to look a lot different than it does right now? Mm, yes and no. Okay. I, I think um, it's going to look fairly the same. I think we might see a, a change in this third grade retention law. Um, I, I think we're still going to have the pressures of third grade. Um going the speed that we need to go with the amount of, of time and standards that we have. Um, but I I mean, I, I don't feel like it's changed a whole bunch in 10 years. So I hope maybe in five more years it will be somewhat similar. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about for you? Uh, now, talk about your family. Talk about your, your yes, new husband. New husband, Josh. He teaches at the high school. Okay. He is a history teacher at the high school juniors class. Um, and he, I could never do his job. I'm not sure he could ever do my right, job. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but he, he does a great job. Um, he teaches high school history. He, high school history, yes. juniors, yes. That's awesome. Yeah, so he does a great job and, and loves what he does. And um, How are the conversations at home oh, comparable? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he deals with the same things. They're just a lot older, yeah. you know. A lot grander scale. Yeah, great, greater <laughs> scale. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, uh, any future little students uh, in the plans? I hope so. We'll eventually start trying, <laughs> trying to get a year under our belt here as a married couple. But, yeah, that's in the plans, hopefully. Yeah. Any any final advice for, uh, you know, I have a daughter who is at UT. She's in elementary education. She'll hopefully be teaching in a couple of years. Any advice for, for those future teachers that are going to be in the classroom in a couple of years? Yeah. Do it because you love it. Yeah. Do it truly because you love the students and you love um, helping. Um, do it because you want to change the world, too, because I do feel like we are we're changing the world. Um, the people that I'm teaching are going to be the next lawyers and doctors and teachers. And, and if you instill in them, you know, just a, a <laughs> if you instill in them a drive to learn, you know, they're going to be successful the rest of their life. Just learning, um, whether it be in the field that they're working in, in school, right. you know, just just instilling learning and a love for learning will really benefit the students in general. Awesome. Well, that's all the time we have for On Local Matters. Our guest, Sarah Beth Bayless from Capshaw Elementary, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much. And good luck in your classroom. Thank you. Thank you.